We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ah, yes. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Day. It's at the Lamb Show is where you can find me at Veterans Minimum, is where you can find everything for the show. Big ups to Blue Wire because why not? We are good. We are loving it. We are excited. Really fun episode planned. We are doing first quarter NFL grades. My guy Taryn is on here. Taryn has been on in the past a few times and he does some work with Pro Football Focus. So we're going to be running through some awards. With that said, big ups to the members of Patreon, Orvica, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, and Ryan Pisner, as well as some new members of the Patreon as I pull it up. You know, I should do a better job of having this up in front of me while I'm doing this. My guy, Eric Van Loon, one half of the Van Loon brothers. Much love. Thank you. Thank you. Toby McManigal. Oh, boy. James Albertson. Then, uh, yeah, yeah, I got to do a better job of practicing these. But you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to edit, folks. I am not trying to edit. So I appreciate it. Guys, just a little bit of housekeeping news. Going to start posting on the YouTube channel more. Please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash veterans minimum. I have been running around like a lunatic at all these apartments. I have sent in applications and I'm almost close to signing a lease for a studio, a legitimate studio where I'm going to be recording everything out of there. I'm going to be having guests coming in. I already got some guests lined up. We're aiming for November 1st. So that first week in November, I already got some guests lined up. Got to see how quick the turnaround could be to set up the studio because I want it when it debuts for it to be legit, legit. But I cannot express how happy I am with the growth of the show. You guys are really enjoying some of these podcasts and chills from an engagement standpoint. Go and check some of those out if you haven't. Uh, they're really, really cool. We've got some really dope-ass guests on and some fun stuff coming up ahead. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum for as little as $1 a month. It goes a long way. You know, we had close to 50,000 downloads last uh, September, and which was pretty popping. Um, that's just download. So I don't even know how many people are listening, but you know, we get $1 from everybody. <laughs> we gonna make it rain, man. Nah, but seriously, yo, you guys, I, I can't express this enough. I mean, I kind of express it often, but I'm just super grateful for the audience and, and this allegiance from you guys, whether it's members of the Patreon in particular, can't front you guys are helping pay the bills and this is going to be cool, man. I'm telling you, the YouTube channel just got monetized, which is super, super popping. And it's going to be dope, man. I'm telling you, 
my guy Dom who edits. I plan on making him one of the first employees for VM. So any support goes a long way for $1, $1 a month. You won't even notice the charge. It could help grow the show. And then for $5 a month, that's when some of the extra content kicks in. $10, you get the people's podcast questions exclusively from you. We got the Discord. We're doing a giveaway. I'm doing a big merch bundle. I'm giving away two hats, a shirt, and a crew neck for the month of October. So get in there. You'll be in the drawing. And also, I'm going to give away something else, too. I just haven't really figured it out yet. But I figure with fall season, it being the fall now, uh, crew necks are going to be in and hoodies. So we'll give you the option of a crew neck or a hoodie, depending on how you're feeling. So thank you for that. And sit back, relax, congrats, and enjoy the show. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1 where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Packer Nation, what up? Oh, what's up, bud? Supporting a what is that? A Jaguars jersey? Gardner Minshew, gotta support the stash, even if he might not be there after like week eight. Oh, pff, yo, I'll still wear it. I don't care. <laughs> he's he's already a legend, dude. Yeah, yes, he is of both kind legends. But my guy Taryn back. What's good, man? How you uh, enjoying football? Oh, I'm enjoying football. I mean. Yeah, it's football nice. and you know being a packer fan what, what what more do you have to say than that if anyone's been watching they know that i'm in a good mood man i kind of feel as if you know now now you're fucking hosting this show and you could maybe introduce us into that first conversation because <laughs> i uh i mean the packers have to be one of the bigger um surprises at least for me right and it, it's mm-hmm. it, it's something that i I like to drive this point in and I do need to do a better job of talking square into the mic when I do these on zoom. Cause when I edit it after bro, I got to like your volume comes in good. Like it, your, yours comes in loud, but my shit is like a little lower. Really? I'm, okay. Yeah. But then when I edit the whole file, it's one big file. So when I raise your volume, it raises mine. So yeah. then it's like, so I got to find that, that sweet spot. Anyway, Back to the Packers and back to, like, the concept of what's a shock, what's a disappointment. That all has to do with what your expectations were for every team mm-hmm. that we'll touch on. So, like, maybe you thought they were a 14-2 and two team. I thought they were, like, 9-7 and seven borderline playoff team. And they're 4-0. They got the best offense in football from a points-per-game standpoint. Uh, I know you've been very critical of the 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 draft that the Packers have had, and I don't want to spend too much time on that. But I do have this question for you: sure. Was Jordan Love the best thing that could happen to Aaron Rodgers? I think personally, and there's no way that really anyone could ever know other than Aaron. But I think the whole revenge tour Jordan Love motivated him sort of thing is like 80% hoopla I don't really believe in it to be honest wow okay yeah okay uh I disagree though yeah I think the Rogers well this is the Rogers FU tour or part two Mm because right last year it was well, I'm going to show y'all that it was McCarthy was the reason. And look, it's kind of being validated right now what's happening in Dallas, which we'll get to in a little bit. But staying with the Packers and staying with Rodgers, I think them being a game away from the Super Bowl and them sort of – I don't want to say they tanked on that draft, but they were really thinking more 2021, 2022, 2023, where Rodgers is like, bro, we're, we're right there. Mm-hmm. Get me, 
get me a Justin Jefferson or I know he was gone by then, but like, get me, let's trade up and get a CD lamb or some shit, right? Let's get a weapon where you get a running back who, I mean, you saw what Jamal Williams did on Monday night football. I, I think he's one of the better backup running backs. He could be a starter on a few teams. Aaron Jones. I mean, what more can you say about that guy? Yep. And he's doing it now, Taryn, without Adams for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, Lazard career game then gets hurt. Then it's MVS has his flashes. Then it's like Darius Shepard, uh, Tanya Taylor, yeah, Robert Taylor. Tanya. <laughs> right, right. Yep. So with Rodgers, and I do think with Devontae Adams, he's probably he's in the top four, not only wide receivers in the game, but also wide receiver value to their team. So I think. I strongly disagree with you. I mm-hmm. think that Rodgers seeing them bring in Jordan Love, everyone talking about, oh, this is what they did with you, man. Karma, right? They did it with Favre, which was very different because with Favre, he was retiring the last like six years. <laughs> so yeah. it was like, I'm a retire. I'm not. I'm a retire. I'm not. Or Rodgers, I mean, he looks his normal self, bro. Yeah. I, you know, and <sighs> That's why I said like 80-ish percent um, because I think there's something to it. To me, Rodgers is a guy that unlike the Bradys of the world who could be – I think Tom Brady could be motivated and pushed by some no-profile picture on Twitter saying he's washed. It's just like any little thing, he takes it and runs with it. Rodgers to me is more – he blows most things off because he's like, F you, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I don't really care what you think unless it's big stuff like – being passed up by the 49ers in the draft is the classic one and that sort of thing. So maybe it, it is having an effect. I don't think it's zero, but for me, the reason I say it's mostly nonsense is because how I've seen him carry himself on and off the field. I'm as much as I like, am pretty good at being unbiased, you know, when it comes to like football analysis or whatever, even though I'm a Packer fan, I'm it's no secret I'm a Aaron Rodgers fanboy you know that's he's been the greatest I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time and you know I'm a stan you could some would say I watch every radio hit he does all that sort of stuff and I haven't seen him he's just having fun that's all it looks like to me it looks like he's enjoying playing it looks like football was a chore for him from 2016 to like 2019 and now, whether it's on the field, off the field, constantly smiling, laughing, doesn't matter, joking around with players, coaches. And I think that's having a bigger impact on his play. I think he's enjoying the game again. Well, it's it's hard not to enjoy it if you're him, where <laughs> you're, pu- you're putting up 30 spots. <laughs> that's a good point, too. Your defense is making stops, right? Like, when you have an offense like that, and I guess this could be a little segue into Dallas and their issues because for me, that's also a surprise, but for more of a, a, a negative surprise is when you have Kansas city doesn't need to have the number one defense in the league. Neither do the Packers. They, they just don't need it to be 32nd or, or 27th. Yeah. It's like, can you float in the 12 to 18 range? We'll do the rest. And with, Packers with the Packers, I think, and and you know, I do value your opinion when it comes to breaking down your team the way I do with Allen as well when it comes to the Falcons. Allen, by the way, I've gotten some tweets. Allen has a couple of different uh ventures that he's doing that are more of a priority, and I sort of like forced him to go in that direction because it was more upside. Uh, but we're good, and he's gonna be on, I think before week six we have something planned but i can't wait for you guys to hear this shit that he's he's involved in right now it's super duper cool and i'm I'm proud of him for that so i just wanted to mention that because just like you just like him when it comes to breaking down the packers and the falcons those corners for green bay have really taken the next step the last like half year and I mean, so far, you know, Jair Alexander is really becoming. I mean, dude, what did he do to Ridley yesterday? Wasn't he on Ridley the majority of the time? Yep, chatted oh. him almost the entire game. Oh my god! You know what happened in our yearly league? Oh boy! <laughs> so, 
Shouts to my guy, Impy, man. You know, I love you. And you know I'm going to no. clip this one because, <laughs> you know, not only are the Packers 4-0, Taryn, but old Dirt McGirt, the Dirty Lambs are 4-0, you know, second in the league in points for, the only undefeated team. And we had the COVID situation with the Chiefs and shit. So Impy picked up Matthew Stafford. He didn't know whether he should start Stafford or Mahomes. We didn't know. So I told him, I was like, yo, bro, I know it's going to sound crazy. I would, I, I would rather start Stafford, right? The two, the two DBs are out for the Saints, like six defenders were. Shootout game. Anyway, <laughs> Jair Alexander, this is why I'm a professional. Jair Alexander matched up on Calvin Ridley. Ridley puts up a zero. I beat Impy by .9. He started Mahomes over Stafford. Three-point difference, he would have beat me. Let me just hold, hold up. Put it in reverse here. Do you mean Matt Ryan? No, no, no. I meet Matthew Stafford. So he started Matt Stafford. Then what does Calvin Ridley have to do with that? I have Calvin Ridley. Oh. I should have mentioned that. Okay, okay. okay. You're okay, right, you're right. Okay. So I, I have you. Calvin Ridley. He had Pat Mahomes going. And I had like a a, a – a 23-point lead. And I had told him, I was like, yo, bro, I would have started Stafford over Mahomes. He's like, nah, man, it don't matter. Mahomes is the GOAT. And I was like, yo, I feel you. But I just think it's more set up as this is why betting gives you an edge, bro. And I really mean this because, you know, big favorite at home, 13-point favorite, seems to go in the direction of the running back more than it does for the quarterback. And Stafford being in that spot, and he picked up Stafford, left him on his bench, and ended up beating him. And now he's one and three. I'm four and zero, oh, top of the food chain. You know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> and he got he got the Instagram story shoutouts, which people are loving. By the way, I don't know if you've been peeping those. Oh, I've seen them. I've seen them. <laughs> I got some good ones for Josh this week. I got some good ones. <laughs> but dude, well, this this defense for the Packers, man, legit or not? Yeah, I think it's legit. It's just exploitable. It's they couldn't, you know, plug a hole in the run game if their life depended on it. Uh, for as much as I like Mike Pettin, Allen said something to me on the NFC preview, like how much do you liking Mike Pettin has to do with the fact that you had to watch Dom Capers for a year for years. And that's really stuck with me. And now when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't like him as much. I'm just happy I'm done with that era. But I like it because I think they do the more important things well. Like you said, the corners, the coverage is great. Jair Alexander, obviously, you know, he's got that personality. He makes headlines. Kevin King on the other side is someone I've been pounding the table for for years. So it's great to see him on the field because when he's been healthy, he's been phenomenal, at least for a a corner two. So it's it's great seeing that come together. We just got to hopefully stay healthy. Kenny Clark's a big one. for a, already, a defense that already is really bad in the run game, that's a huge loss. we got to get him back. So, But I think it's legit enough. It's, you, you put it perfectly. We're not, we don't have to be number one in the league if the offense is cooking like that. We just can't be you know, 32nd. And I, I think they're in that middle to upper range. Well, which leads me to Dallas because I, I had some rough takes on the preview show which we'll get to in a little bit, but I thought my breakdown of saying that the Cowboys were going to be the Kansas City Chiefs of the NFC is exactly what they are. Um, You've seen CeeDee Lamb is, I mean, dude, CeeDee Lamb is not a rookie. The way he looks, the way he runs routes, the way he's productive, he's not a rookie to me. Uh, Amari Cooper is getting 15 targets. He got 15 targets last week, had like a 16 target. Like he's getting peppered with targets. Gallup is still a burner. Uh, Schultz is a thing. They lose Jarwin, who they paid, and Schultz is like, there's no, is he, I was like, I was telling Ahmed, because Ahmed's a Cowboy fan, my buddy Ahmed. Dude, is he better than Jarwin? And you just paid him also. You got Zeke uh, as well. But, Taryn, as you know, when you pay everyone on the offense, your defense is going to suffer. And I fully expected the defense to be bad, but this is like crazy what's happening. They should be 0-4, bro. Yeah. They won a game against the Falcons, which, I mean, everyone, like, the running joke is the Falcons, and it was like 0.1% of, 0.01% of winning and shit. But, man, how do you feel about the Cowboys right now? Sitting at one and three, 
I guess the silver lining is that the division is abysmal. Every team in this division for the first time in NFL history, ready for this one? Negative point differential. Every single one of these teams. 23 for the Eagles, 33 for Washington, 20 for the Cowboys, 49 for Big Blue. So it's like, dude, the the only like six, six, nine, and one might win this division. Oh, it it definitely might. Um they're a disappointment. And it's like, what can you do? They have money and assets in the offense. And I like your comparison to the Kansas City Chiefs because that first Mahomes year when the defense was atrocious, but he was amazing. It's very similar to that. But the little difference in the, even though I've never been a Dak guy, but I'm coming around. He's certainly not the issue. Um, the difference of Dak and Mike McCarthy to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, I think is how you end up with a one and three Cowboys, even with that like great of an offense. I feel bad for Dak Prescott because he's not the problem there. No. And I can see them using the team success against him and being like, well, you know, we went seven and nine. You can't be paid like these top guys, which is unfortunate because he's really, I think he's really taken the next step. And you can say that they've given him all the pieces to be successful, which you're right. But they've also set him up for failure, having to throw the ball as much as he has, has more yards through the first four games of the regular season than anyone in NFL history. He's on pace for over 6,700 yards. Obviously, that's not going to continue. But then again, no one thought he was going to throw for 450 yards three straight games. So you have that as well. The Cowboys seem to have a lot of issues where they're paying Jalen Smith and getting nothing. They're paying Lawrence, who at the time I thought was like, mm, I don't know, man. Like he, for you to be paying a defensive end like that, you got to be Khalil Mack. You got to be Bosa. You got to like have an impact where, yo, a lot of his, a lot of his production was against the Giants, mm-hmm. and they had arguably still the worst tackle situation. So. I would notice him when he would play the Giants, but other times, like, he never really made big plays, and you pay him, and, like, Jalen Smith, I get it, and I, and I love that he got paid because of him coming out, Story. getting hurt, the yeah. whole thing in Notre Dame. But they clearly missed Byron Jones because they can't guard anyone on the outside, and Dallas is a big surprise to me how bad they've looked defensively. Yeah, um, I mean, all you can do is – draft for the secondary and they brought in you know some pieces they still have really a really rough safety situation but like that stuff when you are a win now quote-unquote team and you have ginormous problems in your secondary secondary the draft is not gonna fix it like it's just so rare even for the best you know prospects to be good coming in it's a it's one of those positions that's very hard to make an impact as a rookie. So it's like, this is, you know, you made your bed. Now you got to lay in it because this is how you've designed your team. So yeah, it, it's, it's disappointing. And I'd be a little scared if I was a Cowboys fan because it's going to get worse. You're just going to try to pay more of these guys on the offense or you're going to get rid of some of them. So then maybe once the defense starts to come up to par, then the offense isn't, you know, it is in this limbo where you're just trying to, you know, plug holes as they pop up. You're playing whack-a-mole, like re- trying to, you know, build the team. And it just – it never really works out that well. Yeah, I think the one thing that they got going for them is how bad that division is oh, yeah. and is going to be. And I think a disappointment for me is – and I know they're coming off a win, but have you figured out what the issue is with Carson Wentz, man? Because I've been – I've been pro Carson Wentz for a very long time and I've been a supporter of his, a believer of his, 
you know, I was asked a really interesting question. How would we feel about Carson Wentz if it wasn't for 2017? Like if 2017 didn't happen and we didn't see the ceiling of him being a league MVP, how would we feel about Carson Wentz? Because I think that's a legitimate like thinking point. Cause I've never, I never thought about that, but you know, doesn't make it through 2018. Doesn't make it through a playoff game in 2019. I'm still going to defend them in the sense that he's still throwing to a bunch of practice squad and JV guys. Ertz looks shot. Ertz can't seem to really separate the way he used to. Yeah. Offensive line is banged up. So I still want to defend him. I still believe in him. I still think that he's doing a lot with a little where my, one of my preseason takes Taryn was, the conversation of Dak versus Wentz was going to separate. And I guess the, the pendulum was going to swing more in favor of Dak than Mm -hmm. it would Wentz because of the, the weapons around him. So I know I kind of just went off there on a little bit of a rant about Carson Wentz, but how you feel about him? How you feel about the Eagles? Um, the Eagles to me, again, I didn't think they were going to win the division, but it is sort of like the Cowboys pretty disappointing the way they've played and to answer your original question I'm not sure what's going on for Carson Wentz um I've been just like you for pretty much the same amount of time I'm in his camp for the most part uh I don't know what's going on with him there's not too much of a defense does he have the help around him no the situation's pretty atrocious but he's not you know doing anything or much to like make it look like that's the entire problem. Clearly he's not playing that well either. And he's played well with, you know, receivers hurt and this, that, and the other thing. However, I will say I'm also not giving up on him yet because sample size is a big thing for me. um, As we've talked about before and the majority of the information we have about Carson Wentz is that he's a good quarterback. So I'm going to roll with that at least a bit longer. But, yeah, they got to figure out something because it's not going well despite just winning. But congrats, you outdueled Nick Mullins. <laughs> Love a congrats bar. Listen, give me a, a shock for you in a positive way. Like a team has shocked you and you're just like – like they shocked you as far as they've surpassed your expectations tremendously. Oh, that's easy for me. Um, my my probably biggest one is the Buffalo Bills. I don't think it's a shock for a lot of people because a lot of people were high on them after what they saw last year. Um, I was expecting some defensive regression, and I've never been a Josh Allen guy. Mm-hmm. The data has just never supported him being very good. Now he's playing like a legit MVP candidate. And there's no denying it. And the biggest issue that I've had with him, his intermediate and deep accuracy is, I don't want to say fixed because there's still room for improvement, but it's drastically better than it has been. And that in combination with the addition of Diggs and that whole receiver core, just playing how they are, I'm really surprised and impressed by that offense. I thought the offense was going to hold him back again. He still has got to cool it with the, some of the boneheaded stuff. He still, tries to play hero ball and it could end up hurting them with turnovers or whatnot. But I'm, I was shocked by that. I was not expecting um, that offense to be, you know, cooking like it is. Oh, who would, who would have guessed you give one of your young quarterbacks, a nice weapon like Diggs. you give one of your young quarterbacks, a nice weapon like D hop and their upside <laughs> goes through the roof. Uh, jets, right? Like think about it. Darnold, and Allen, same draft class, completely different career paths right now. Yeah. Allen is an MVP candidate, and Darnold is potentially getting pulled if they get the number one pick. So I I wouldn't pick Buffalo, but I hear you. I hear you. I had Buffalo, I, I think, a wild card team. I had the Pats winning the division, um, which – Leads me to my biggest surprise is Cam is back, bro. Yeah. And Cam is probably the most polarizing player in 
the league that I've experienced. And he's back. This is this is the cam that won MVP. This is the cam that played at that elite level. And yo, Cam Newton now is better than what Tom Brady is right now. And I know this is hard to say after Brady throws five touchdowns against arguably one of the best secondaries in the league. But I think Cam Newton right now, and also Cam Newton for what New England has, which I think is very important also, like Edelman, Bird, and Harry is nowhere near Godwin, Evans, Scotty Miller. Right. So like Brady does have the advantage from the weapon standpoint, but the infrastructure in New England with Cam Newton there and the running and him having fun, Cam is back. And I'm really tight about the COVID shit, man, because I was looking forward to see them going up against KC because I saw it. I saw it being like, all right, man, you guys are the cream of the crop and we're being counted out. This is New England talking now. And Cam had a chance to really showcase, like, yo, I'm still I'm still one of the best doing it right now. I think they win that game if he plays. I mean, I mean the I, he- it's hard to say, you know, obviously that the Chiefs would have game plan different and maybe that they weren't sure how they were going to deploy Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham. So some people will say that. But watching the game, that's that was one of my first thoughts afterward. I was like, Patriots win this game if Cam Newton plays. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. You've counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food that you are craving for right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat. And your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Big Cheesecake Factory guy. Uh, Full disclosure. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners could get $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE, that's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, the code is BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. It just crossed my mind now that we didn't even really should have opened up with the whole COVID situation with the Titans and Steelers being moved. And then the scare with Cam Newton, I, it was inevitable, right? This thing was going to happen. It's just too hard when you don't have a bubble for it not to happen. I kind of got some heat when I tweeted out how it's funny that since it happened to Cam, people care more about it. People are like, oh, peace, NFL. It was fun while it lasted. Like, I saw a lot of those tweets. Even my group chat is like, oh, peace, NFL. It's like, well, AJ Terrell had it two weeks ago. But no one cares as much because he's not starting on your fantasy team. He's a rookie. No one really knows him. He's not a polarizing uh, player like Cam Newton is. So, like, and I get it. More, More teams got infected. Right, you had the Titans. You had the scare with Camara and and well, not Camara, but that uh, fullback or some shit on the Saints. Like that game was in jeopardy too for a couple of like minutes, and then you had the Pats and Chiefs game get moved. So I get it. This was this was gonna happen. This is gonna continue to happen when you don't have guys in a bubble, the way the NHL did, the way the NBA did. It's just it's too many heads to enforce and to keep under control. And I think I wouldn't be surprised, bro, if the Super Bowl gets played in, like, March. Wow. The NFL has laid out their schedule to where they can have a lot of gaps in between. 
And look, there's not going to be an audience at the Super Bowl anyway. There's not going to be any fans that we know of right now. And also, who who does the NFL, from a brand standpoint and a sports standpoint, have to compete with in March? Regular season bubble NBA? People are going to pick football. Like, the... I think it was Thursday night football. There was a NBA finals game. Oh, the game, game three, heat Lakers. Heat win it. That was a back to the wall kind of game because you couldn't lose that. If you were Miami, lo and behold, the, that game with the Niners and the Eagles drew a bigger number. And like, people were like more into that because football is just King. We like to bet it. We like to talk about it. We play fantasy football. So, that's that's just how I felt about the whole COVID thing. I'm, I'm hoping these guys get cleared and can come back. And I know the, the Titans and Steelers got moved to week seven. So now them two are going to play like 13 straight weeks, which, which sucks for them. But how do you feel about this whole COVID situation, man? Like you said, it's it was inevitable, but it did hit me a little bit hard because I was living in fantasy land a little bit, I think. Um, just, it was going so well, you know, there's constant COVID this COVID that everywhere. And then, and football started and we were just smooth sailing the first three weeks. So then all of a sudden it starts popping up everywhere. And I'm like, oh man, like it, like, is it like, is this gonna, is it gonna spread and, and end this thing? Did we get just teased for three weeks here? Or, but I think it'll be fine. Uh, they're, you know, tighten up a little bit. They're doing that thing where there's like a quasi bubble for teams at hotels now, uh, which hopefully will help. And I'm assuming, you know, with the information we have now just about COVID and, you know, the way other sports have managed to, to handle this thing that we'll be able to get through it. It won't be without its bumps in the road, which are always important, especially for the like big impact guys like Cam, um, and you know, it just it really does suck, but I think I think we'll be all right. Something that just got tweeted out now. Easiest remaining schedules in the league, the top five, based off strength of schedule through four weeks. Chiefs, Cowboys, Browns, Packers, and the Lions. Five hardest remaining schedules. Niners, Rams, Jets, Bills and Denver and I want to go back to Buffalo just one last talking point I think we're going to see exactly who Buffalo is over these next five weeks mm-hmm. at Titans Kansas City on a Thursday which by the way NFL like player safety come on man you got the Chiefs playing three games in 11 days like yeah. come on call a spade a spade as they say this is uh, that's a little ridiculous there So you got at Titans, this is for the Bills, at Titans, home Chiefs, at the Jets, Patriots home, Seahawks home, at Cardinals. And then, I mean, even after that, you got Chargers with that defense. You got at Niners. They should be healthy by by then. You got Pittsburgh. Like, this could be something where we come back to the halfway point and Buffalo's five and three. And they go one and three over these next four weeks. Yeah. So I think this is going to be really telling to see what they're made of because look, they beat the Jets, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Rams in a game that they dominated. Right. The the Rams came back and and made it a game, and then they were kind of in control against the Raiders, but not exactly world beaters that they beat. Right. So that's how I feel about. Buffalo I'm more surprised with the Patriots than I am with Buffalo yeah that makes sense um I was that was another one that I thought of because I'm a moron and I don't listen to my own advice I'll sit here and constantly tell people like if you're gonna trust any head coach OC combo it should be Belichick McDaniels um but I still wasn't sure if they're gonna deploy cam correctly and you know here we go. This is why you take your own advice. But so that's why I think I was a little bit more surprised by Buffalo, but I, regardless, I love it. Cam Newton, the NFL is in a better place when Cam Newton is Cam Newton. He's playing well. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it definitely is, man. It's fun to watch is exactly it. That's, 
I mean, he's kind of created his own. I think you can never compare anyone to Cam again. I think like the closest thing might be like Josh Allen. I think that's a nice comparison yeah. of the two. But uh, yeah, another another team I really want to talk about from a disappointment standpoint. And, you know, again, it, it all goes back to what your expectations were for each each team. But, man, Houston 0-4. <laughs> Maybe because I, I'm a fanboy for Deshaun Watson. I did see them struggling out the gates. Look, like I had them one win better than what they are now, right? But, you know, they fired Bill O'Brien, which was I, – I, I thought after the playoff game was a fireable offense to lose that playoff game. Same here. And then to give up Hopkins – that was fireable. You know, yeah. you trade you trade draft picks for Brandon Cooks and Kenny Stills, which I know Kenny Stills was packaged for Laramie Tunsil, which I get. You know, protect your young quarterback. But, man, you take a look at this Houston team. And, Taryn, if you're a GM, outside of Watson, or if you're a coach, why do you go to Houston? Oof. Um, <laughs> right, there's something there a little bit because here's the thing. Yeah, the contract now is not that they would do it, but the contract with Deshaun Watson is untradeable. You can't get rid of Watson again. Mm-hmm. Not that you would, because you have a franchise quarterback, you wouldn't trade them because they're hard to come by. But dude, they. As I'm trying to find it right here. I think it helps a little bit if there's any, you know, if I'm like searching for other reasons here outside of Deshaun Watson, it helps a little bit that Bill O'Brien was also the GM because I'd imagine they're going to try to bring in, you know, a, a sort of a tandem deal that like want to work together, have a similar vision, that sort of thing, which could be probably appealing for both a GM and a, and a head coach. But other than that, yeah, it's, it's a little bit quiet. They don't have any premier picks over the next year, like this draft class coming up. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of money tied to dudes. They're already over the cap, so they're going to have to do some like roster moves. Whoever the head coach and GM is going to be over there, you're really telling them, like, yo, 2021 ain't it. Maybe we start really going guns blazing on 2022 because just the way the roster is set up, it's just not a good roster. Like, Will Fuller is going to want to get paid soon too. And, you know, I, I think a new rule we should live by is if you're a wide receiver who has hamstring issues constantly, yeah. it's like, and yo, Fuller's awesome. I, I love watching Will Fuller play. Mm-hmm. But it's always, you know, he catches a 23-yard post, and then you're like, oh, oh is he limping? <laughs> so yeah. I think Houston is, is shocking. I'm a little more disappointed in that. I know the schedule was brutal. Like, dude, give them a break too, right? Like if someone's a Houston fan listening to this, he's like, for fuck's sakes, man. We played Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Probably it's, it's the three best teams in the AFC. And then like New England. In my opinion, at least, you know, we're still kind of on the fence about Buffalo, but yeah, man, Houston is uh is rather disappointing for me. Yeah, I mean, they're disappointing. I don't know how surprised I am. I think I I texted you before the season when I was trying to figure out like my preseason predictions and all that stuff. The AFC South, I was like, I don't know what to do with any of these teams, man. So it's it's surprising that they look this bad. But I'm very glad they finally pulled the trigger on Bill O'Brien. Now, I'm sure he's a great guy. I don't like rooting for anyone to lose their job because that's just – it feels a little bit gross. But, you know, from where I sit, they need somebody else. It's just time. That one, he, they were one of a couple teams where I'm like, every morning I wake up, if I check Twitter, I won't be surprised if their coaches can't. I got to address the – Entire offseason I spent getting at the Seahawks. <laughs> therefore, no. They are 
unleashing Russell Wilson, which was the one thing that I said could happen. Yep. I said how if they were going to do this, this is what would happen. But if they didn't and they were playing it the way they were last year, where in the first half they were running it at a 63% margin in the first half. And what would happen? Three and outs, couldn't get shit done. And then before you know it, you're down 14 going into halftime. They trailed in 11 of the 16 games last year at halftime. What Russell Wilson did last year was not sustainable. It was not possible. We had never seen it before. And then they completely flipped what they did with their offense from year, not even year one to year two, but from last year to this year. And he's throwing it. Yo, he's throwing it. Super efficient, bro. What is he like? Eighty? Yeah. Yo, he was completing like eighty percent of his passes like last week. So, there's their defense still sucks. So, I was I was on that. Like Jamal Adams is flying around and, and playing well, but Dak threw for like four hundred on them. Ryan had three wide receivers go over a hundred yards on them. This is a team that is gonna be in a lot of shootouts. But the way Russ is playing right now, it's He's kind of just like shitting on that entire trend. Yeah, they're very much like the Cowboys, but the offense is even better and they have Russell Wilson and, you know, can scheme up some stuff on defense at the very least. Um, it looks like, I mean, where we sit here, it looks like they're on a collision course with Green Bay for the NFC title game. That's, that's just what it looks like on paper. Um, the only thing I will say is I wonder – I'm not saying I think it is, but I wonder if this whole let Russ cook thing is built on a house of cards. Because as much as Russell Wilson is great, he's either the first, second, or third best quarterback in football right now and has been for a couple of years. Every single year he has at least one, if not two or three, dud games. I don't know why. And it could have been because of the way they utilized him before. You know, maybe if they're just letting him uncork it, maybe that won't happen. But I have this thought in the back of my head that if he has one of those dud games or two of those dud games, and if one of them is particularly bad, maybe against a bad defense or a bad matchup or something, that Pete Carroll and Brian Schottenheimer are like, no, see, this is why we can't do this. And they go back to establishing the run. And, and that would worry me for them. And I don't think it's going to happen, but it's something that I'm keeping in the back of my head. And I'll be looking at really closely if he has one of those dud games, like the next week I'm going to be glued to see what the Seahawks do on offense. They have an interesting schedule coming up. To play the Vikings at home should be a win. Then they play... At Cardinals off a of bye week. So they have a bye week after this Minnesota game on Sunday night football, I think it is. I think it's Sunday night football. So you got at Cardinals, you got the Niners, at Buffalo, at Rams, Cardinals. So a couple division games, one, two, three, four division games out of their next six. Look, Russ is playing at a really crazy level. I wanted to bring up something that you actually replied to me about, and it's this thing is getting annoying with him not receiving an MVP vote. It's it's like, and and what I like my college buddies was like. So you're saying this is and yo by the way when you bring up politics you lose me, like you just you just lose me, bro. No matter what it is, like you just lose me. Right. And he was like, so you're saying everyone that votes for X person in an election and that person loses, it was the wrong pick. It's like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is this with the MVP vote, this idea that Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote in a stat driven team success award is validated when you look at the winners of the NFL award since he's been in the league. 2012, he's a rookie. AP rushes for 2,000 yards. You had the story of ACL tear just nine months ago. They make the wild card, lose to your Packers, right? 2013, 
Manning throws for 55 touchdowns. He wasn't the MVP then. 2014 Rodgers was sensational. He wasn't the MVP then. Cam Newton in 2015. If you didn't vote for Cam for MVP that year, after like week nine when he was clearly the MVP, well, then you were just wrong. Like that was, that was the wrong call. You were on the wrong side of history. 2016, I know Matt Ryan, it looks bad now, but he was the MVP with what they were doing. 100%. 2017, it was Carson Wentz. Like Russ wasn't even in the discussion, and then they gave it to Brady because Wentz didn't play those last couple of games. 2018, Mahomes throws 50 touchdowns. And then last year, Lamar Jackson, like this idea that Russell Wilson has never received a, a NFL MVP vote, it's not ridiculous to me. I think it's how it should have been. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. It's, you know, it's tiresome now because it's one of those narratives that just gets respun over and over. But it's, ex- it's exactly what you just said. Every time someone's like, how has he never received an MVP vote? That's blasphemous. You just got to be like, what year should he have gotten a vote? Because any year you say there was a 50 touchdown, 5,000 yard Patty Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers or a, or a Cam Newton that deserved it more. doesn't mean he's not played well or like MVP contender, but that's not how the votes work. It's not like, you know, these four guys are playing really well. It's like the guy that's playing the best is going to get 99% of the votes, if not unanimous. And it's just maybe he's been the second best or second most valuable player for multiple years, but that doesn't mean he's going to get a vote. It's, it's just simple. I don't know how so many people are appalled. but yeah. yeah, it has gotten rather like really jammed down your throat when it comes to this t- discussion. Hey, yo. Um, all right, man. Is there anything else that you want to talk about from a first four week standpoint, anything else stick out to you, whether positive or negative? Um, actually you, a light bulb went off in my head when you were just talking about the Seahawks real quick. Cause I didn't even think about this. What I just said was the Packers and Seahawks as it stands, look like they're on a collision course for the NFC title game. But something I've been really concerned with for Green Bay being a fan is that we have a bye this week. And I think having a bye this early is like losing the the bye week lottery. Maybe in this year it's helpful because everyone's dropping like flies and there was like less, you know, warm-up time or whatever. But you got to play then how many games with like – you got to be healthy going into the postseason no matter how good you are. And I didn't realize the Seahawks bye was next week. I didn't even see that. So both of these teams with really early buys, that's that shakes things up like in my mind because there's a good chance that one or both of them are banged up come playoff time, which would make things really interesting. So I just thought of that um, when you said something. And then I had one more question for you that I wanted to ask because it's another thing kind of like the Russ MVP. It's one of those talking points I've been seeing a lot. Jets end up with the number one pick, okay? I love with, this already. I love I'm, it already. <laughs> I'm with you in that Sam Darnold is is not the problem, okay? As it currently stands, if the Jets get the number one pick, I think they take. I think they should take Trevor Lawrence. Your thoughts? It's so it's been done already, where a team just punts on a quarterback that they spent a high draft pick on while he's still young. I think it's important to remember that Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow Mm -hmm. and he's been in the league two years before him. The issue with Sam Darnold and the Jets is everything. If this is Sam Darnold, this is the issue. And if you guys are watching this, you know what I'm talking about, but I have my fist right here, which is Sam Darnold. And I'm just doing a circular motion around the space around my hand. That's the issue. Darnold is not the issue. Darnold made this guy Smith get 10 targets where they called him up from the practice squad Wednesday afternoon. Like, he's not the issue. It's everything around him is bad. We made that joke 
before in passing where you're talking about Diggs and Allen. Like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, light bulb, right? Mention the light bulb that you said. Light bulb, Jets. This is what happens when you give one of your young quarterbacks a weapon. Like, I like Jamison Crowder, but he can't be your number one option, bro. Like, just that's just – you just can't. Like, slot receivers can't be your number one option. You need to have a guy on the outside that's a threat. Yeah, you could be the number one option on your team. Like, Michael Thomas lines up in the slot a lot, but he also lines up on the outside as well. Like, he's the alpha wide receiver is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I want to pose this question to you. You get a new head coach. You stick it out with Darnold. Do you know how many draft picks they have over the next two years? I know they have. No, actually, I don't. They have the Seahawks. Yeah. They have a Colts pick still. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're going to have their pick, right? Sure. What about you have the number one pick? You're the Jets. And Joe Douglas is like, yo, Sam isn't the problem. Let's trade this number one pick. And I know you're passing up on uh, – we throw generational talent out a lot. But for me, there hasn't been a guy like this, this highly touted since high school, since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Yep, I say the same thing. Like, we've had, like, Darnold buzz, right? We've had some, like um, – uh, like, Jared Goff had gotten some momentum in that last, like, year and a half at Cal. But not, like – Again, the Elite 11 camp, bro. Trent Dilfer is getting a hard-on just talking about Trevor Lawrence throwing passes. Like, it was crazy. So, do you have the balls to be like, yo, we're sticking with Sam. We got the Seahawks draft picks. We have a couple of draft picks. We have a Colts draft pick. Let's do a RG3-type deal, Jared Goff-type deal, get another boatload of draft picks. And then I'm looking at potentially Taron having nine first, no, nine first and second round draft picks over the next two years. Man, it's a great question. And it's tough because I'm a big trade back, acquire draft capital guy. I think... I Not think to easy. cut you to cut you off. Yeah. To cut you off. I'm always trading back. Always yeah. if I can. Mm-hmm. And I'm only trading up for a quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. Oh man. Most years I would say, given they have Sam Darnold, that that is the way to go. I'm still pulling the trigger on Trevor Lawrence. It's that like there's never a sure thing. But it is, it's like Andrew Luck. And, you know, obviously he's retired and that whole thing happened. But look at how that worked out. Look how, A marginal upgrade at quarterback, even if Sam Darnold is a top 15 quarterback, or if he's in like the 10 to 15 range or like the 8 to 12 range, if you can get a guy that's potentially in the 1 to 5, 1 to 7 range, even that much of a jump – I think is better than getting a great piece, like hitting on, on two draft picks or whatever that you get like for a, a tackle on a wide receiver or something like that. And they still have capital to build around and then they don't have to do any type of deal. Also, they get a whole reset on the rebuild with a QB on a rookie deal sort of thing. And, well, uh, no, cause he's going to be able to walk, but, yeah, I, I, st- I still think I can't pass up on Trevor Lawrence. There's maybe – there's probably less than 10 teams that if somehow they ended up with the first overall pick, I wouldn't take him. So I think I had to pull the trigger. Hey, man, look, that's, uh, that's fair, and it's a discussion that they're going to be having in-house. Oh, yeah. If you're a organization and the Jets do do that, I think – and you need a quarterback, I think you go after Sam Darnold. And you surround like, yo, yo, can I give you one? Hit me with that. Pittsburgh. Mm. Do you know that Juju was on a stream, either his stream or he was playing with someone? You know that was his college quarterback at 
SC, right? They played together. Wow. Yeah. I never even realized that. Yeah, man. And look, it seems like Juju is going to be a Steeler <laughs> lifer, right? Like, why not? Insane. Ben, how many more years does Ben have? One or two? Oh, yeah. He's... You know? So. Yo, I got another one now that you just said that. That's very similar, I think. Colts. Had a feeling you would say Colts. Yeah. Look, I, I think it's. There's a lot of teams that could become the Titans. You know what I mean? How they're like legit, maybe a quarterback away and they get something you think is damaged goods, but there's a lot of signs pointing that he's actually like a pretty good quarterback and it could turn their team around. Yeah, man. It's very rare that you see a quarterback with, with promise like that get shipped, right? Like the last one I could think of, and I know this might, uh, this might make you laugh, but, Jay Cutler? I'm a Jay Cutler guy. And, and like, yo, he had some good years with the Bears. Yeah. So in, in 2010, they go to the NFC title game. They're at home. They're playing Green Bay, and he ends up not playing in that game. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, he got picked by the Broncos when he got picked, and I think that was the 06 draft. And then he goes, like, not even for – I don't think he played out his rookie deal with Chicago, with mm-hmm. uh, with Denver, excuse me. So Yeah, I know. Man, if 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 I'm a team like that, like if I'm a Colts, if I'm a Raiders, right? If I'm a if I'm a Steelers in particular, now uh, I think about it more with the Juju stuff. Why not, dude? You're buying low on a guy, Atlanta maybe even. Chicago, I would. There's a few. There's a yeah, few. There's a lot of teams that could benefit. I think that's going to be a fun off-season watch. It's going to be like a because it's it's a little different than the Josh Rosen thing when they took Kyler. It's the same, I think, sort of philosophy where, you know, if you upgrade a quarterback, you're doing a good thing. And I personally, what we see now, I think that's worked out for the Cardinals. But Josh Rosen hasn't shown a lot of the upside that Sam Darnold has shown. So and even Ryan Tannehill was just like, we'll get him as a backup. And it just happened to work out. People would be going after Sam Darnold as a starter. Right, and also, you know how I feel about Josh Rosen. I'm still holding on Mm -hmm. to stock. You know, if this was a wrestling match, I'm, like, itching to grab the bottom rope for a rope break. Like, I'm very close to letting go. But I think Rosen and Darnold were in very similar situations, not a lot around them. But like you said, Darnold has shown the flashes of upside that Rosen just never did. So... Yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I, I do think that that's that might become the biggest, the most buzz for a number one pick in a while if the Jets get it. But with that said, I hope the Jets can stumble to two wins, and then the Giants have this same scenario, right? Like same kind yeah. of situation. Where- oh, dude, if your G men somehow fall into the first overall pick and don't take Trevor Lawrence, I I can't with them anymore. I pondered my entire trip home from work today. Because I was listening to a podcast, uh, shouts to Eric Salas. He's been a longtime listener of the show. He's hopped in the streams a bunch. He had his own podcast. And we were talking about the Jets and the Giants on there. And uh, the name of the, the podcast is Franchise Tag. Go go to my Twitter at The Lamb Show. And I tweeted it out. Go and check that out. But we were talking a little bit about this. And I really thought, Taryn, as I'm listening to that and as I'm thinking about what you just said now, I'm like, Sports is the only thing where we have to stick out with these relationships that we're in as a sports fan. <laughs> I think I might go to a divorce. I think my, I think my allegiance to them might. I know, I know it's not going to happen because I know yeah. how you know I've been a Met fan and a Knicks fan my whole life. So like, but uh, it's gonna the the level of fandom is gonna take a huge blow if that happens. Cause like yo, I like Daniel Jones, but nah, man, it's just. When you have a situation like that, like, yo, Peyton Manning still had some years in him. Clearly, after you saw what he did in Denver, but the Colts were saying to themselves, look, we're going to set ourselves up for the next Peyton Manning. You have to. You just have to. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Um, all right, man. Listen, this was fun. This was a pleasure. Love talking pigskin with you. Uh, where can they find you if they want to contact you? 
Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's a good place to be week four. It's kind of like the time where last year's in the books for me and you just, you know, you can talk about everything this year. There's enough data points. So I was happy to be able to come on. It's a great time. You can find me on Twitter at Taryn Caravella. It's T-A-R-E-N-C-A-R-A-V-E-L-L-A. And then my Instagram is at Taryn.Caravella. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. And I'll catch you guys next time. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still bet on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet Online, the online sportsbook expert. I'm coming for real, taking that food right off of your grill. Nikki too ill, can't let it drop on me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.